I'm concluding our series this morning on Love God, Love People, Let's Go. So for those of you that have been around since the beginning of September, you might be like, finally. Or you might be like, oh, it's, it's been all right. If you have not heard any of the talks over the last couple of months and you'd like to, then we've got an account on SoundCloud and on Spotify um, and our talks are uploaded every week. So if you want to catch up on, um, on this series, it, it will explain really clearly who we are as a church and what our vision is. Um, so we, um, we, as a family, I'm married to Graham and we've got three children. We try and keep Saturday as our Sabbath, as our day when we don't um, work, we, don't, we ensure that we rest and we delight and we um, have fun and we worship together. And um, yesterday was, um, uh, was a great day. We'd got it planned. We'd had quite a hectic week. Um, lots of different things had gone on. And I was really excited. On Friday night, we had friends over for dinner. We opened some really amazing French wine that we brought back from our sabbatical. Um, and we had a really fun day yesterday. We um, had a real laugh. I think partly helped by the fact that um, the children wanted um, to put up some Christmas decorations and it was my birthday on Monday, and we have a rule in our house that we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to think about Christmas until after my birthday. Um, so they were like, well, it, your birthday was on Monday, so now we can put up decorations. And I succumbed to say they could put some up in their bedrooms. Um, I believe that some of you in the room have your trees up already. Um, yes. Um, we're not there yet. The children have... So there, there was a, quite a lot of excitement in the house, and Christmas tunes were playing. And so the general mood of the whole house was one of much fun and laughter. Um, and we were thinking about all the things. We sat down for dinner and Nat, our 10-year-old, said, OK, we have to go around the table and we have to say what we've really enjoyed about today and what we're really looking forward to. And so we all got to go around and we all got to share. Um, and we had a really good day. Um, but we, in that day, we had some things that we had, to, we had planned to go out. Um, and it got to about half past 11 and we were all still in our pyjamas and um, we hadn't really had any proper sort of breakfast. And it was that thing of we've got to get going. Like we'd rested, we'd chilled. Um, it was like, come on, we needed that push of energy to get up and get dressed and brush our teeth. Well, and actually have some proper food. And, and then we could go out. Um, and that let's go thing required effort. I say all of that to say let's go is part of our vision and it requires effort on multiple levels. Um, if the children had been in here, I'd have got them to stand up and see how many star jumps they could have done in 30 seconds. But I won't put any of you through that, um, although I think some of you could probably smash it. Um, but to do anything that is an action requires effort, doesn't it? It requires something of us. And let's go. It is an action. It's about following Jesus and going where he takes us to share his love with the people we do life with. It's about denying ourselves, picking up our cross and following him. It's about being the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you were here last week, Pip talked, and if you weren't, but you might want to listen to it online, Pip talked about let's go involving us being honest about our stuff, about allowing Jesus to shine his light onto the rubbish in our lives and to transform it. And this morning, I just want to look at two really practical things that I think that um, God is inviting us to step into in this season of let's go. And I'm going to read from the book of Luke. I'm going to read from um, the message translation. If you've got a Bible, you might want to find it. Um, if you, uh, it will appear on the screen. It's Luke chapter 14. 
And you might want to read it as you go home. Um, But I want to look at this encounter that Jesus had with a number of people and see what he has to say. One of the things I love about this uh, event that is recorded in Luke is that Jesus was at a party, and I do love a party. So Luke chapter 14, I'm going to start reading at verse 12. Then he, that's Jesus, turned to the host. Next time you put on a dinner, don't just invite your friends and family and rich neighbors, the kind of people who will return the favor. Invite some people who never get invited out, the misfits from the wrong side of the tracks. You'll be and experience a blessing. They won't be able to return the favor, but the favor will be returned. Oh, how it will be returned at the resurrection of God's people. That triggered a response from one of the guests. How fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. Jesus followed up, yes. For there was once a man who threw a great dinner party and invited many. When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servant to the invited guests, saying, come on, the food is on the table. Then they all began to beg off one after another, making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property and need to look over it. Send my regards. Another said, I've bought five team of oxen. I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. And yet another said, I just got married. I need to get home to my wife. The servant went back and told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant quickly, go out to the city streets and alleys, collect all who look like they need a square meal, all the misfits and the homeless and the wretched you can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded and there's still room. The master said, go to the country roads. Wherever you, whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, Not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite at my dinner party. Now, there's a lot in there that I could say. Don't panic. I'm not going to say it all. Um, And I think when Jesus tells stories like this to teach, to make a point, um, it's always best to keep it simple, to not over-allegorize, to try and find a corresponding detail in every different detail of the story. But ultimately here, God is the master. God is the host of this dinner party. And he is inviting the Israelites, the Jews, the people of God to this messianic banquet, a great big dinner party with Jesus when the kingdom is here in full. In the story, the rich, the socially elite, the who make up excuses. I find it interesting. You know, one of them says they've bought a property. They need to go and inspect it. Who buys a property without inspecting it first? One says, I've bought five oxen. I need to go and check them out. Well, for five oxen would imply that they have an awful lot of land and they're quite wealthy. You wouldn't buy oxen without checking how they worked first. And, what, and the other one said, I need to go home to my wife. I've just got married. Surely before they accepted the invitation for the dinner party, they'd already knew they'd got married or they were getting married. So I think this is an example of people giving pathetic excuses to come to Jesus' party. But anyway... Jesus, the socially elite were those that making up the excuses that last minute rejected Jesus' invitation. And it's thought that these people are thought to have been the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the Jewish religious establishment, who ultimately paid Jesus the um, 
the ultimate insult in actually plotting to kill him and execute him as a common criminal. And then you've got the poor and the downtrodden, the more common people. These people were seen as unclean by the Pharisees and the religious leaders. We would have been in that category of unclean. And then it talks about people in the towns or in the cities and people in the countryside. The people in the towns were considered the Jews and the people in the countryside were considered the Gentiles, those that were outside of the family of God, people like us. And I think ultimately, when Jesus is telling this story, it's an invitation. He is saying, I want my table to be full. I want everybody from the highways and the byways, from the alleys, from the city streets, from those in the fields, I want everybody to be in relationship with me. And what better way to show that you're in relationship with somebody than sitting and having a meal with them? There's nothing quite like sitting around a table together, is there? And the table that, that this story is talking about is a banquet. It's a feast. It's a table full of food and of people, and there are no empty seats. And I believe that we are invited to be Jesus' hands and feet, to go out and do the inviting, to be that servant when the host says, the food is ready, the food is ready, go and invite everybody. I love the bit where it says, drag them in. I'll come back to that in a moment. But Jesus, so the let's go part of our vision as a kingdom community is because we want to take on Jesus' mandate of going and inviting people to come and to eat with the king. You know, some people that I know, some people that you know, will have made their minds up about Jesus already. But there's an awful lot of people that haven't, or they haven't been given the chance. Or they've made their mind up about the idea of Jesus that maybe the media has portrayed or other people have portrayed. But they've never actually encountered him to make their mind up themselves from having met the king. Who might we offer this invitation to? Or who might accept the invitation if they were invited, sought out, urged, dragged in, compelled to come? Let's go. It's an active thing. And I think this is an activation moment. A moment where we can choose. We have free will to decide how we're going to show up, who we're going to be, what we're going to do. But action requires movement. Like I said yesterday morning, for us to get up and get out, action was required. Effort was required. We actually all had to get up and get dressed and like look presentable slightly. It was a Saturday and we knew we wouldn't want anyone to be. We knew. So, but it requires action. You know, it's, following Jesus is a proactive thing. It's not just something that we can give mental assent to. We can just decide in our brains, yes, that's it. Jesus invites us to step up and step out. So the two things I'm going to focus on this morning are two actions that I think that um, Jesus is asking us this morning to get involved with. And the first of those things is to pray. And the second of those is to invite. So pray. I wonder whether you would commit to praying for two people, friends, families, colleagues, neighbors that you know, Commit to praying for them every day. Pray for anything and anyth everything and anything that you know about them, 
that they would get to know Jesus, that they would see Jesus in you, that God would do miracles in them. You can pray whatever you like, but would you commit to praying for two people? And there's a lady called Eleanor Mumford who leads, um, kind of oversees the vineyard movement globally with her husband, John. And um, she tells a wonderful, she tells part of her story. And I've heard it a couple of times in uh, quite close succession where she um, went to university and she had to share a room with somebody. And this lady that she shared a room with was a lady called Debbie, who was a committed Christian. And she, Debbie had said to the Lord before she went to university, give me a roommate that I can pray for, that they would come to know you. Ellie didn't know anything about this. And uh, she went to university. She tells the story so wonderfully. Um, uh, and um, and she, Ellie kind of thought, you know, she was a good girl. Um, but actually what she realized is living with Debbie for, I think they lived in, they shared a room together for two years. Um, by the end of it, she realized that Debbie had something that she wanted. And this lady had committed to pray for her every day. And Eleanor Mumford now has had such an impact across the globe. Um, I have a friend who I committed to pray for uh, in June, the 7th of June, 2012, um, I, because I met her and I, I, I decided I was going to pray for her because I wanted her to really fall in love with Jesus. Um, and I also really wanted to baptize her. Um, just something that I really wanted to do. Um, and um, so that was in 2012. And in, 20, in January 2013, um, I got a text one Sunday morning saying, um, I'd really like to start coming to your church. I can't come every week. Is that okay? And I was like, that having a little like, oh my goodness, this is so exciting. Um, obviously, I, I sent a very chilled out WhatsApp back going, yes, no problem, you'd be so welcome. And don't worry, most people can't come every week either. So, um, and then she came, which was really exciting. And then on the 9th of January, 2018, no, 9th of January, 9th of September, 2018, um, I got to baptize her in our hot tub, which was also very exciting. Um, and actually, she's here this morning. And I want her to come and say hello. So please put your hands together for Kate Hayward. Whoop, whoop, woo! I, had, I have asked her. I know, what a build-up, huh? So Kate, this is Kate. She's all around generally wonderful, wonderful mum. She's our very efficient administrator. Um, and occasionally you cut hair. Very exciting. Um, so, Kate, just tell us briefly what has been part of this community been like and how has life looked different as a result oh my goodness where do I start crikey that's a ooh. well it's been a journey um I was in the church um when I was younger but it was an Anglican church so it was slightly different and it did feel for me that I was a square peg in a round hole it didn't feel quite right so when I met Libby and this was a whistle stop tour and came to Vineyard it just felt like I was a round peg in a round hole finally so, um, and the journey has been slow. It's not always been, like, I've been here every week. And as I say, I can't always commit to coming every week. But then I joined with Lydia and Matt with youth. And that just fell in my lap. So, thoroughly enjoyed that. And just been part of DTI and all the teens and all their story. And, and then just recently joined you with admin and helping out and supporting the churches in the best way I can, really. So, yeah, it's sort of like bits and bobs that have just sort of... But it, it did feel like 
every time something came up, um, God was asking me to take a really big step forward. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's brilliant. Please give Kate a big round of applause. Thank you. It's been such a privilege to, to be Kate's friend and to journey with her and see God open doors and do stuff, which back in 2012, the doors were not even in view, were they? So, so exciting. So that's just one example of committing to pray for somebody and, and this is the outcome. So will you commit to pray for somebody, um, someone to get to know Jesus? That is action number one. We'll come back to it in a moment. Action number two is about invitation, is about inviting. Inviting people here to church on a Sunday, uh, to youth, to come if you've got children for your, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> for your friends' children to experience vineyard kids, to come to women's curry nights, very much looking forward to that, um, to men's curry nights, to any gathering we do. How would you feel about inviting some of your friends and family and neighbours and colleagues? It's something we've always said since the very beginning of the life of the church. And many of you are only here because you've experienced that invitation from somebody. But let's drill it down. Let's make it really practical. Graeme's already mentioned that we have our carol service on Sunday, the 18th of December. The flies look like this. It will be on social media. As Graeme said, you can take a picture, WhatsApp it to your friends, um, everybody is welcome. Who could you specifically invite? You know, it's Christmas. Lots of, just in case you hadn't worked that out, um, it's Christmas soon. Um, the Christmas lights are being turned on this afternoon in Chelmsford. And Pip, who is in Vinicus this morning, if you don't know, is going to be on the stage. She, her and the Grey Baby team are the runners-up for the community champion. So they're going to get presented a certificate, I think. She doesn't quite get to press the button to turn the lights on like all the famous celebrities do, but she'll be standing on the stage. Anyway, I totally sidetracked. Um, what was I saying? Carol service. Invite your friends to the carol service. Um, it's Christmas, and lots of people consider coming to church at Christmas, don't they? They're like, oh, it's Christmas. Now's a good time. And so we would just, I would just encourage you who could you invite to come on Sunday the 18th of December? It's 10 o'clock in here. It doesn't clash with the World Cup final. There's no excuses. There will be mince pies. Like that, someone might be lured purely by a mince pie and they might come and meet the living God. Like, whoa, that's huge. Come for a mince pie. Life will be changed. It will never look the same again. At least that's my prayer. Who will you invite? And then in the new year, we are going to be running another Alpha course. And for those of you that don't know, Alpha is um, eight weeks. I think we're going to do it on Zoom again because that seems to work well. And uh, it's an opportunity to come and to get to know some people, to watch some, um, some videos and, and talk about what is important in life and where Jesus fits in to finding your point and your purpose. Who could you possibly invite to do Alpha? It might feel like a really big, scary ask because you're putting it out there that you believe something, you have a belief system and a worldview that makes you different. But do you know what? There's 50% chance they'll say no and 50% chance they'll say yes. I think it's worth a gamble. It's worth the invite. 
Invitations have the opportunity to change everything. We have, I forgot to say, we have these. I know that I talk about them a lot. They're on the table at the back. Your invited flyer, just simple uh, details of us gathering here on a Sunday. Everybody is welcome every Sunday, and you can take as many of these as you like and give them to whoever you like. Um, I recorded uh, an interview with um, a lady called Fran this week, and um, I think we're going to watch that now, if that's all right.
Okay, so that's Fran. She, it's been such a privilege to journey with her and see the change in her and all that God has done in her over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, so exciting. Uh, and she was invited. She said yes to that second invite to Alpha and everything changed. I wonder if you are worried about inviting people and how that might make you look. Um, I, I've just got one more story. I realize that we're... Going over today, sorry. Um, Graham's going at the back. I'm just going to ignore him. Um, please put your hands together for Lydia. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Lydia leads our youth. She is generally all round, all round and wonderful. Married to Matt, two gorgeous boys. And you've just taken part in the parenting course, Parent Talk. Yes. How did you find that? Yeah, it was genuinely amazing. Um, we wouldn't have taken the time to sit down and talk about our parenting. Um, well, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? We, we would. <laughs> no, quite standard, I think. <laughs> but life's busy, isn't it? And you just don't get that chance. So, and to have that time to just sit down and to, to listen and to talk and to discuss things and realise that you're parenting with people that also struggle and also, you know, have no idea. And also, you know, have great times as well. So it was really good. And you invited some friends, didn't you? So yes. tell us a bit about how that looked. So I was praying that I, I had the courage to invite someone and it, it would be the right person. And, and I didn't really even get a chance um, to think about it because I was in the park. I was pushing Jonah on the swing. I was talking to a guy um, and I happened to mention he knew Mike and Khadija. So I was talking about church and um, he walked off and this woman came up to me. She said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I wasn't listening to your conversation, but did you just say you go to church? And I was like, yes, um, I do. Um, and she said, oh, and basically she'd been struggling to find a church. She was a Christian. She felt very out of the loop, very um, not, you know, she hadn't got that church family. Um, and I, I said about our church and I invited her there, but it just isn't right for them at the moment. They need somewhere local. And anyway, I felt God like literally tell me right away ask her to the parenting course which that morning had changed to my house literally the venue the venue had changed to my house in my lounge like five minutes before so I was like I don't suppose you you live you know she said I actually live down Mortimer Road which is literally a stone's throw from my house <laughs> so I was like you are not free Tuesday evenings to meet with a few of us to discuss parenting and stuff she has two kids exactly my kids age she was like, yes, I'll be there. So if, if you listen to God, the more I'm realising, if you listen to that gut and just go with it, God does the rest. Amazing. And did she enjoy it? She loved it. Absolutely She's still your friend? It. Yep, yep. Great. Thank you. Give Lydia a big cheer. Okay, we are coming into land now. But what I'd love to do is I'd love to just take a moment. Firstly, if you're here this morning because of an invitation perhaps, or you're here and you don't know Jesus, you don't, want it, you don't know what it is to sit at the table and eat with the king, then we want to give you that opportunity. 
It's simply a case of surrendering your whole life to Jesus. I say simply, it's like irony, um, because it is about surrendering our whole lives to him. And if you'd like to do that, then you just need to say yes to him in your heart. And then I would love to pray with you uh, in a moment. But I would also love just to wait for a moment because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to each of us. So we're going to have a couple of moments of silence. The first one, I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would drop into our minds a couple of people that he wants us to commit to pray for. It's really simple. Holy Spirit, will you come now? Will you show us the faces or the names of, the, of two people that you want us to commit to pray for daily? Okay, I think the Holy Spirit works quite quickly. So it's probably the first two names that came into your mind. And you may well now be trying to explain that away. Um, but I would hold on to that as being the Holy Spirit. And what I'd love you to do is I'd love you to write those names down. Feel free to get your phones out, set an alarm, do something really practical. Write their names and today's date in, in your Bible. If you've got one, if you haven't got a Bible, we'd love to give you one. And then... I'd love you to tell somebody. You can do it now if you're, if you're prepared to. Turn to somebody and say, I think that these are the two names that Holy Spirit gave me and these are the two people I'm going to pray for. So you can do that now. Or you can just turn to the person sitting next to you and say, I love you. Your choice. Being quite directive, aren't I? Okay, and secondly, um, I think the Holy Spirit wants to highlight a couple of people that we can invite, either to church on a Sunday, to the carol service, or to do Alpha. They might be the same people, I don't know, but let's just take a moment. Holy Spirit, will you highlight to us, give us faces and names of people that you want us to invite people that you want us to invite them to come and sit in the empty seat at the table at the banquet with the king. Okay, so now is a really legitimate time to get your phone out because you can text them right now and that will really be fine. Only if you want to, obviously. Not into heavy shepherding. But um, you might want to get your phone out to pen an email or a text. You might want to, before you leave, grab a flyer from the table, take a, phone, take a photo, forward it on. We will have some alpha flyers. We just haven't got them this week. I'd love it if all of us could be proactive in praying and inviting. I feel like that is an invitation from heaven to us 
this morning. Okay, we're going to finish. We're going to pray. If you, um, if you had a couple of names then, if the Holy Spirit gave you a couple of names, I'd love to ask you to stand. Because I think that, I think that God wants to commission us to take action, to go, 